it's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Islanders 5-2. Vegas now 23-12-5. 51 points on the year. Next in action Wednesday, 7 o'clock against the Colorado Avalanche. And to help us break down this victory, we, will, we go back up to the radio booth. Bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? We'll start with the newcomers. We'll start with Lucas Cormier, Tobias Bjornfoot, those two players in particular, and the impact that they had on this game tonight. What did you think of those two guys? Yeah, pretty good. And uh, I would say more, Ryan, except Bruce Cassidy is talking about them right now if you'd like to go to the head coach. All right, let's go downstairs to Bruce Cassidy. Well, in, in that regard, and, and obviously so did Tobias, but he's played more games, so, you know, he has that advantage. So I like both their games, and it, it helped our breakout, you know, get out of trouble and, and first pass, get out of our zone. And I think that correlates to, you know, some of our offensive play. Now you're forechecking or at least you're attacking. And the more you do that, the better chance you have to score. And so I think some of those things are, you know, help build that part of your game. They did that well. Go to Chris Chapman. <clears throat> hey, Bruce. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. They can be a frustrating team to play, frustrating to watch. But what did you guys do right in the second half of that game to end up with five goals? Uh, I thought that we were consistent most of the night, to be honest with you. I think... They're a team that when they get behind, they have to open up a little bit and press. Uh, when teams play, you know, closer to the vest and tighter checking, that's usually what happens. They've got to take a few chances. So, um, you know, we were able to capitalize with, I looked at the first three goals and they were all a mindset that we had going into the game that we practiced yesterday about putting pucks behind and playing below the goal line, right? Four check situations. The first goal, they rim out, they're not there. I think it was Marty that kept it alive, I'm not sure. But anyway, we end up, you know, getting a goal out of it. Um, who was the second one? What would have been Nick, was Nick Waz cycle the third one? Again, a four check situation. Uh, Stevie, sorry, to Pav, uh, Dorofea. That started with a puck below the goal line again. So every one of our goals, we're forcing them to break out and execute well and we got pucks back so what you do when you get pucks back is you know your skill takes over or it's either low to high to the net or you attack what different things happen for that so that's what i thought we did well it stuck with our game plan there uh, their transition goal uh, opportunities one was a block shot right that came back at us in the first period so really those are things that happen in the game i think the other one we fanned on a puck up top and they were able to get a break on it we got a they hit the post so you know we dodged a bullet there but for the most part we stayed out of trouble uh, managing pucks well so I think that's what we did and uh, you know th- listen they're a little undermanned in the back end they're using some younger guys so force them to make plays and tonight I think it worked to our advantage Chris <clears throat> hey coach uh, Chris Golick, Vegas Hockey now this was Petrangelo's just second game this season having less than 20 minutes of ice time in generally this game the defenseman's minutes were all kind of evenly spread out was that a conscious effort coming into the game something you guys wanted to do to manage the minutes a little bit or is that just kind of how the game played out uh, probably more the latter because we certainly want to get as minutes to uh, all three pairs balance as well as we can. But Petro plays in both special teams, so he's always going to be ahead of the curve. Um, tonight we used Cormier in the first power play, so there's some minutes maybe. We only had one, but that would have taken some away, and we only killed two penalties. So that helps balance it. I think 
normally when we look at five on five minutes after they're usually fairly with you know close petro's numbers go up because of the special teams um and then if the game gets tight he's on at the end etc so um i would say it was more the latter um we do want to manage him better but he's going to play probably going to play more than anybody 90 percent of the time just that's what he does and tonight we're able to you know because of, you get a three goal lead you're able to sort of not have to press in, in certain situations and as i said special teams jesse hi bruce jesse granger at the athletic you mentioned the importance of the four check nick Waugh said that that was kind of an emphasis at practice yesterday and he thought that it translated well here i guess where did you see the the emphasis yesterday translating into the four check tonight uh not duplicate well first of all Allowing yourself to forecheck by putting pucks deep, not not making unnecessary plays at the blue line. We still had some rush chances where you know you can make some plays. Otherwise, it was behind. Um, I think our D were simplifying too. If they got the red and they didn't see a play, it was going behind, so they helped that. Uh, and then I think not duplicating. We kind of went over a little bit about if everyone gets over somebody and does their job, and we all do it well. They probably get a puck back. Not every time. No forecheck's ever going to get it 100%. But if you can create some anxiety, get some back start playing with it we did we did that well just doing our jobs working over people not guessing on the forecheck that the d might make a play here and then you know trying to get an easy puck back just doing it the hard way by getting over people and you know, i thought it worked out well for us and that was what definitely was the emphasis that also allows us to be in better postures when they do break out if you're over people you're not giving up numbers coming back and that's what happened against florida the second half of the game well Hi, Bruce. Can you provide an update on Zach Whitecloud and uh, William Carrier? Uh, William Carrier, uh, upper body, uh, looks like he's going he's gonna to miss some time. I'll probably have a better answer for you Monday when we get all, the, all through the medical. Zach uh, had an injury from the Florida game, and um, so we decided with, with Tobias here we'd, we'd, we'd use him. So Zach was unable to go tonight. It's, his is not long-term by any means. Um, and uh, then Carly's going to be week-to-week uh, as well. So we'll lose him for a bit. But other than that, um, is that is there anybody else while you're asking about injuries? That's it. Hilly's back practicing. He's very close. I suspect he'll play a game this week. Um, Miramanoff, red jersey. Uh, so he's now cleared to skate with the group, but he's non-contact. Korzak skating on his own. Let's keep going while we're hot. <laughs> um, Hutton still a bit uh, not skate. Uh, uh, he might be skating, but uh, uh, on his own as well. We'll go to Matt and Chris for the last two. <clears throat> Matt Rafter, you talked that talk. LT's save in the second on that breakaway. Is it something as simple as a play like that to kind of help get the team going, especially on offense? It seemed like the intensity really picked up. Absolutely. Those are timely saves, and, and you don't know when they're going to come. Um, I think there was one in the first as well after they scored. He made a, a good save. Um, it's it's when the goals come in bunches sometimes that your team, t sometimes it takes a while to pick up. Um, but when you get that big one, when you're playing pretty well, for the most part, you like your game, and then you get a big save, that I think it gives you a lot of juice. Sometimes when you're not playing well, you know, you're just almost avoiding the inevitable. Tonight I thought our guys were in a good place, thought they were doing some good things, and to get that save, um, you know, it matters. It matters big time. It's gone against us in the past, and, and we've gotten them. And, and those can be – sometimes you look after, oh, it was 5-2, but it did matter at the time. 
And then, like I said, I can't emphasize enough. Timely goals, timely saves can really change the momentum swings of the game and do wonders for your team, and that was a great save. Chris. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Bruce, um, I don't know how many organizations in this league can withstand having to go 10, 11 deep on the blue line like you guys have, but what does it say about the job that they're doing in Henderson to have these young kids just ready to come up and, and be contributing factors here? Yeah, I, you know, club. I've said it all along. Last year, we, I think there's a, and I might have had it too before I got here, misconception about the, you know, sometimes the development because players all came from elsewhere. But, you know, it takes a while to build a bit of that through the draft and free agency to get those guys up and running. Um, you're looking at uh, Paul Cotter last year, uh, Nick Wad, Hag, White Cloud. They all went through that. Logan Thompson. Uh, now you're talking about this year, Dora Fayev, who was here bits of last year that's now contributing. He's, you know, he's playing on the second line right now, so he's an important piece. Uh, Korzak comes up and was playing really well when Theo went out. Unfortunately, got hurt, so now it's Cormier that maybe will get some minutes. So it's a credit to everyone in the organization, player development guys that work with them before they get here, the Henderson guys. I know Huey works with the D. Wardy did a lot with uh, – and Manny and then Wardy did a lot with the forwards. So – um, I think it takes a village to coach a whole organization. They've done a good job, and that's their job down there. It can be tough some days, right, because it's over and over with young guys, and you can't get too caught up all the time in the American League with wins and losses. A lot of that's predicated sometimes that you have older guys. That, so trying to get these young guys up to speed is a real important piece for the organization. I, I've been there. I've, been in, I've spent a lot of time in Providence, and I, and I know the, the drill. And... Uh, I'm grateful and appreciative of the job they do because it makes our job easier when they come up. And yes, we got to teach them, reinforce our details. But if they don't have some of those already baked in, then they have no chance up here. And that's the tough part with the 20, 21-year-old kids. And um, like I said, doing a real good job for us. And uh, it's a bit of the circle of life. It keeps your, your, your team running over time. And um, hopefully we can keep it going. <clears throat> Thank you, Bruce. Thanks, Thank everybody. You. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 5-2 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. So we go from Bruce Cassidy back up to the radio booth, bring in Dan Duva once again. And Dan, uh, let's go right back into it, obviously. Tobias Bjornfoot and Lucas Cormier, your impressions of their debuts. Cormier, his NHL debut. Bjornfoot, his Vegas Golden Knights debut. Yeah, well, start with the number of goals allowed by the Knights, and the number is two and compare that to what has been way too many pucks going in. That is a win for the whole group, and they are two-sixths of the defensive group, a third of the defensive group, so you have to like that. And just to follow up on you know Bruce and the question that Chris Chapman asked, mm. the Knights, with the addition of Cormier and Bjornfoot, Vegas is now up to 11 defensemen used this year. Yeah. The record from 21-22 is 13. Can you name all 13, Ryan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, but, boy. <laughs> you know, but, then, you know, but then, of course, that does not include Daniil Miramanov, who mm. Bruce told us is you know, skating with the team in a no-contact jersey. So you would imagine at some point in the not-too-distant future that he could play for the Golden Knights, depending on how other things go. So you're looking at you know a, a stretch here where you've got all these different guys playing, mm. and everybody's getting a shot. And, you know, Braden Pahal was a healthy scratch today, white cloud injured. But, you know, Bruce said it, it, some of it is not even that a guy didn't 
you know, earn his spot or you know, didn't play well or came out because of a poor performance. It's more about putting players into the lineup who fit a, a certain type of need. You know, yeah. puck retrieval. You know, it's what the Knights have missed now for half the season. Shea Theodore has now only played half of the games, yeah. 20 out of 40. And Lucas Cormier, of the healthy people, seems to be most acquitted to that job. He skates so well. He's got the offensive mind, and he's someone who can not only quarterback the power play, he can help the power play score, as he did today. So it is nothing against any of the other guys who might have gone in, but Cormier is the right piece. It's, you know, Lucas Cormier is not Shea Theodore, but if you look at the attributes, you know, Cormier playing with McNabb, you know, the lefty shot on the right of McNabb, the puck retrievals, the quarterbacking of the power play. These are all the things that Jay Theodore does. And it's understandable that you would want those skills in place because, you know, we've heard it in the last several days, Ryan. Guys who are in the lineup are trying to do too much. You know, nobody wants to lose. Everybody knows this is a good team. And so the natural inclination is try to do more. When, in fact, if you're trying to do more, it probably means you're not doing what you do best. And that's uh, just human nature. So you put somebody in there whose skills and strengths fit what the Knights currently need. And so Lucas Cormier was just what the doctor ordered and did not look out of place at all. You know, he's not a big player. Uh, he is listed at 5'11", 185. And, you know, that's small. That is, I mean, the Knights have been known for having a big defensive group, whether it's in height or in build. Uh, so he is the smallest guy that we've seen. And he did not look out of place. He still has that compete down low in his own zone and, and even can join in down low in the offensive end. And he just looked calm and smooth. So just what the doctor ordered there. You know, Bjornfoot did not play as much and did not have as much of an impact. But, you know, steady there with Nick Hague. He did see Bjornfoot get down low. And you heard him on the postgame show in our interview just talking a little bit about you know, learning the system and, you know, Bruce Cassidy said, we'd like to have a few more practices because it is different from how the Kings play. Mm -hmm. But uh, you look around, you've got, you know, a, a lot of guys around who can provide Bjornfoot some uh, advice and exactly how to adapt to this. Because while he has been around and has played over 100 NHL games, Bjornfoot is 22. He is just slightly older than Lucas Cormier. And, uh, you know, Bjornfoot was drafted in 2019 in the first round. Cormier was drafted in 2020 in the third round. So they're both quite young. So to have those two guys in the lineup and the Knights only give up two goals all around, you'd have to say thumbs up. Yeah, you'll, you'll take that all day long. And then just the, the last one here for you. I, you know, yesterday, I feel like Bruce Cassidy kind of painted a, a bit of an argument, right, as to why the Golden Knights were able to come through some of the injuries last season. And he pointed to the fourth line being among the best fourth lines in hockey. You look at tonight's game, I know they were listed as a third line, but Nick Waugh, two goals, Keegan Colasar, two assists. Uh, you look at that response, I think that's exactly what Bruce Cassidy was looking for. Yeah, the identity was there today. The, yeah. the, and, and, you know, Brett Howden in the spot where William Carrier would be, as you point out, uh, you, you get hung up on the labels. I mean, we don't have a nickname for that line, so we call him <laughs> you know, it's just a fourth line, right? Yeah. Um, so the point is well taken, and uh, that group not only because Nick scored two goals, but when there was a shift, there was a lot of it below the goal line in the offensive zone. They, they kept play um, in the Islanders' end. They're, uh, you know, they challenged the Islanders' breakouts. Every time that New York was trying to come out of its own zone, there was a risk of giving the puck away. And as Bruce pointed out in the postgame interview, there are three veteran defensemen unavailable for the Islanders 
Pellick and Pollock, the two longtime Islanders, and even Bortuzzo, who came over from the Blues earlier this year. So they uh, they are thin on the blue line. <laughs> Obviously, so are the Knights. <laughs> but can you take advantage of it? And uh, and maybe that's something that Vegas did not do against Florida when Rodriguez and Barkov go down in the first period. Vegas did not take advantage of that. Uh, they did today. And they also probably took advantage of Ilya Sorokin, who has been playing a lot of games in the absence of Varlamov. Sorokin, you know, he's going to play a lot of games, period. But he's been playing a lot without much of a break since Varlamov's absence and obviously four straight road games. So, you know, you, you play a smarter game, a game closer to the identity here. And, uh, and then you got big moments, and the Knights built on those moments. We talked about the other aspect of the identity, Ryan, which is you score a goal, you, you try to build momentum. If you give up a goal, you know, you, you make sure that you don't let that momentum continue in the hands of the opponent. So the Knights gave up that goal in the middle stages of the first period. Nobody scored again until late in the second. You know, the Knights are patient, and they kept the Islanders off the board until they could pounce themselves and made it 3-1 to one after 2 and extended that in the third period. So in, in uh, And then when they did give up that uh, third, excuse me, the second goal to the Islanders, uh, they responded less than two minutes later with Nick Waz's second of the day, fifth goal of the night for the team. So all of those things are right in line with what uh, Bruce Cassidy had been talking about. Yeah, you're uh, right on the money there, Dan. Uh, great stuff as always tonight. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll chat uh, again on Wednesday. Very good. Thanks, Ryan. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 5-2 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. And with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu-priced pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS at PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. The Golden Knights scored in the first period tonight, so make sure you have the McDonald's app downloaded to redeem your free French fries of any size at your local McDonald's tomorrow. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Islanders 5-2, Vegas 23-12 and 5-51 points on the air. Next in action Wednesday night, 7 o'clock against the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. And if you listened to Bruce Cassidy a little bit earlier on, you got pretty much the entire injury update. Will Carrier out with an upper body injury. He's going to miss some time. Zach Whitecloud, Cassie said not long-term by any means. William Carlson, kind of an updated timeline there. Week to week, Aiden Hill getting closer. Bruce expects him to play next week, so that's a, a good sign there for the Golden Knights netminder. Caden Korzak skating on his own. Daniel Mirmanov skating with the team in a non-contact jersey. And then there was an update on Ben Hutton. It doesn't seem like he's particularly close right now either. So that's pretty much the uh, the high-level overview of where the Golden Knights are at right now with their injuries. And again, you know, we often uh, take for granted how much injuries play a role, but the Golden Knights now 11 players deep on their blue line and still just two points back of the Vancouver Canucks for first place in the Pacific Division. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and for the second game in a row, the Golden Knights open the scoring early as Jack Eichel hammered a one-timer to give Vegas the lead. Nice come in. Martinez shot from the left wall. Goes wide left. Off of Mike Riley. Rebound from the right side, and they score! Jack Eichel with the tip in front. Vegas takes a 1-0 lead. 
17th goal of the year for Jack Eichel from Jonathan Marchezo and Alex Petrangelo. 6.25 of the first period made it one to nothing Vegas. However, the Islanders tied the game on a strange bounce as Matt Barzell threw a puck to the front of the net. It bounced off Logan Thompson's shoulder and in. Nobody saw it, but Toronto made the call, making it a tie game. That's Matthew Barzell, his 11th goal of the year from Bo Horvat and Anders Lee at 11.13 of the first period. It tied the game at one, so we'd head to the second period, and the Golden Knights would once again take the lead in the game as Pavel Dorofia finished off a pretty pa passing play. Protects the puck, sneaks it right side, Stevenson in front, score! Dorofia from Stevenson and Stone, Vegas takes a 2-1 lead. A baby touch at the left side of the crease for Pavel Dorofia. Fifth goal of the year for Pavel Dorofiev from Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. 17-11 of the second period made it 2-1 Vegas. Then the Golden Knights extended the lead 90 seconds later as Nick Waugh pulled the puck off the wall and ripped home his sixth goal of the year. Kolasar pushes it into the zone. Still with the puck. Breaks left wall. Backhands it and deep twigs one of the Islanders. Kolasar then can go into the corner with Watt. Nick gets the puck. Room in the left circle. He shoots. He scores! Nicholas Watt from the left circle. 3-1 Golden Knights. Nick Waugh from Brett Howden and Keegan Colasar, 18-41 of the second period, made it 3-1 Vegas. So the Golden Knights would head to the third period with a two-goal lead and a chance on the power play to extend the lead. They did just that as Lucas Cormier set up Jack Eichel's power play goal. Vegas wins a faceoff. Cormier straight on. Right side, Eichel shoots and scores! Power play goal! It'll be a point for Cormier in his NHL debut. Vegas has a 4-1 lead and a power play goal. Just 31 seconds into the third period. Second goal of the game for Jack Eichel, a power play goal from Lucas Cormier. 31 seconds into the third period, made it 4-1 to Vegas. But the Islanders answered two minutes later as Matt Martin chipped in a rebound. Walking out in front, and now the Islanders score. Matt Martin ends up on his belly after putting it home. New York now trails 4-2. Loose puck at the right side of the crease. Matt Martin's second goal of the year from Casey Sezikis. 2.42 of the second period made it 4-2 Vegas, but the Golden Knights responded again as Nick Waugh scored his second goal of the game just 90 seconds later. Watt on the forecheck, dislodges the puck. All alone in front, Kolasar saves Sorokin. Rebound near boards. Left wall for Watt. Cuts to the goal and shoots. Score! It leaks through Sorokin. Second goal for Watt. 5-2 Golden Knights. Second goal of the game for Nick Waugh. Seventh goal of the year from Keegan Kolasar. 4-20 of the third period. Made it 5-2 Vegas. And all that was left in this game was the final call. This is the time for the Knights to turn it around. And maybe this is the time to remember. 3-2-1. All over the Knights with a resounding victory over the New York Islanders. 5-2, the final score. There you have it, 5-2 the final. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Islanders, get themselves back in the win column, 23-12-5. and 51 points on the year, just two points back of the Vancouver Canucks for top spot in the Pacific Division. We're back to wrap it up next on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. We're wrapping it up here on the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Islanders 5-2. to 
Vegas improves to 23, 12, and 5, 51 points on the year. Next in action Wednesday, 7 o'clock against the Colorado Avalanche. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. For the Golden Knights, it was another strong first period. I thought that they were pretty connected, maybe a little sluggish, a little slow at times in the first period. Uh, but, you know, they get an early goal. They get a lead in the game. They surrender a goal on a kind of a weird play, but it doesn't rattle them, right? They go to the penalty kill late in the first period. They get a strong first half of that kill going into the intermission. They come back out of intermission. They get the kill in completion, and then they pounce on the Islanders. The Islanders open things up a little bit. The Golden Knights commit to a forecheck. They make plays down low, and they explode for two goals in the last three minutes of that second period, and they also get a power play opportunity out of it, right? Because the Islanders did challenge that Nick Waugh goal for goalie interference, and it was unsuccessful. The Golden Knights got their one and only power play of the game, and they score on the carry overtime in the third period, and that was really everything you needed to see. The Golden Knights win the special teams battle, they win the in-the-trenches battle, and that's what you were looking for from this team tonight. That's going to do it for me here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-2 to two, the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Islanders. Vegas now 23-12 and 5, 51 points on the year. Just two points back of the Vancouver Canucks for top spot in the Pacific Division. I know it has been a tough stretch, but because the Golden Knights had such a great start to the year, they're still right there if they can get their game going in the right direction. However, I am going to say... This team is battling injuries. They just are. It is a statement of fact. It is not an excuse. It is not a narrative. It is just simply a factual statement that the Golden Knights are up against it right now with injuries, and Bruce Cassidy tonight got the type of game, the type of response he was looking for from his team to balance out and find their game. 702-876-1340, that's the number, 702-876-1340. It has been a while since we've been able to have a conversation after a win that is prototypical of the Vegas Golden Knights. I know texting's all the rage, we talked about it after the last game against Florida, but I want to hear from you tonight. My challenge is this, if you want to text in, Go ahead and text in right now, 702-876-1340, same number. But if you're feeling brave, pick up the phone, give me a call. I want to know who you think performed best tonight for the Golden Knights. And and maybe I'll narrow it down. Grigory Denisenko, Tobias Bjornfoot, Lucas Cormier. Those are your three. The newest guys into the lineup for the Golden Knights. Who do you think had the biggest impact on this game tonight? Real easy one. Bring your opinions. 702-876-1340. Let's go out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, I'll leave it to others to comment about the contributions of everybody tonight because it was an everybody kind of win. The thing that changed between a few days ago and today 
was the enthusiasm level and the commitment to a team effort. It started yesterday in practice when Alec Martinez, of all people, suddenly picked up his stick and hit it hard against the uh, boards and kept doing it. And I thought, boy, that's not like Alec. He just doesn't do that very often. But it got everybody enthused. And wherever it starts, wherever it begins, it's when you're this good, and organizationally the Golden Knights are that good, it's all about attitude. And tonight it showed. That's it. Yeah, I, I think to a degree that's true in that you have to be committed to winning and you have to believe that you can win. But, you know, attitude aside, I think the Golden Knights won this game because they were able to do some things tactically that they haven't been able to do recently. And and frankly, they were able to get the puck out of their own zone. A lot of that has to do with uh, some of the players coming into the lineup. I thought Lucas Cormier was great in that regard. Tobias Bjornfoot was good in that regard. And it allowed the Golden Knights to get to their game st- uh, tactically. And, and again, I, I think that maybe that means a little bit more than attitude, but you have to have the belief and the confidence that you're going to win. And that was certainly there tonight for the Golden Knights. Yes, it was. Two other things from me. Number one is the near taking away of the goal, and it was looked at a long, long time in Toronto. Uh, is it the rule that a skater for the offense cannot have any of his skates in the paint? Is that the rule? The the crease, to my knowledge, in terms of the rule, is not a, a necessary factor in this one. It's initiating contact with the goaltender. Now, obviously, you look at the crease as, as kind of a, a defining moment or at least a spot where you should try to avoid contact with the goalie. But, you know, in that regard, I, I don't know exactly what the Islanders were thinking. There was little to no contact. If anything, the contact that was there was initiated by Ilya Sorokin. And I, I looked at Keegan Colasar. I looked at a couple of replays. I, I think that his his heels were either on the red of that crease or just outside of it. So uh, I think that was more of a hope play from the Islanders to kind of steal momentum back, and it ends up biting them in the end. Yeah, well, it was the Hail Mary, no question about it, and it didn't pay off for them, thank goodness. The other thing is the MASH unit. Uh, I, it's ironic in some ways that the team, the game that we played, one of our better games of the year against the New York Islanders, is the game in which we have the least number of starters available to us on that particular night, mm-hmm. which says a lot, again, about the organization and how deep it is and how they can continue to bring people up and perform at a high level. However, have as and I can't help but say this because I said it all this morning, uh, when this morning when you woke up, you knew the status of Connor Bedard immediately. You knew he had a broken jaw. You knew he was on the long-term IR. You knew he was going to miss the All-Star game. Why in the world are we teased with a Bill Carlson and people like that? I don't. It, it's frustrating. It's Te- got to be frustrating well, for you guys more te- than for us, even. Teased in what way? We're told he'll miss a couple of days, maybe oh, well. three. Okay, now, so now he's so week. Let me first of all the. The initial report on William Carlson and all that we've ever said on this program or uh, the VGK Insider Show is that he would miss the next two games, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what happened, right? And so the newest update on William Carlson is that he's out week to week. 
the only thing that I'll say in this regard, like for, for Connor Bedard, he got checked in the jaw and then broke his jaw. So I think it's pretty like it's pretty clear that you can get results on that quickly. And he's a high profile player. He was just named to the All Star game. Like I th- I think that you know, you can get that result and you can start ruling him out for certain things. I don't well, know well, what I won't I, argue with you what, on any of what that. I'm, what I'm saying is we don't know exactly what the injury is to William Carlson. Right? We know we no. know it's upper body, but that's all we've got. So it could have taken time. It probably did take time for there to be some imaging, there to be some determination on what the actual injury is, and now you've got a clearer timeline, which is why he was ruled out of Thursday night's game against Florida, tonight's game against the Islanders, and there was an updated timeline provided after more information was discovered. I don't, it, I don't it, think it's it sounds, toying with it anybody. sounds reasonable, but the upper body, lower, lower body stuff is, is maddening. You're, you're never you're never gonna get you're never gonna get anything more than that. Like I honest no. honestly and, and again, I I know the argument we we've had this argument before in that, you know, you need gambling to, to be more involved or you need gambling to be a bigger deal in the National part Hockey of the League. Bedard situation? What a, is it is that because the black the Blackhawks can't possibly win now. So is that kind of the reasoning behind the Bedard announcement? No, I think I think it was very clear what happened to him. He got checked in the jaw. He broke his jaw. He's going to be out with a broken jaw. Okay. I think like in those situations, it's very clear. But do you remember the play that William well, Carlson yeah. got hurt on? That, that he got hurt on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good hockey play. It wasn't, a, wasn't no, no, no. something that he got nailed. Who? Carlson, you remember that play? Because no, I don't. No, no, I thought you that's, meant Bedard. That's what I'm saying. So you have no idea what it is. So if you have no idea what it is, why even concede that information if you do not have to, right? Like, to me, and, and listen, I get it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating not knowing what the actual injuries are. But in this case, like, I think the Golden Knights, from a from a discovery of injury to an initial timeline to an updated information on that timeline, Carlson's going to be out a while. Like that's that's what we get today. That's what we understand about it today. And I thought Bruce was really good in kind of bringing to light more of the information when it comes to the injuries, players that are out. Will Carrier is going to miss some time. Okay, so that's initial injury update. Carrier will miss time, and he hopes to have more information on Monday. And we're not we're not dealing with. We might not be dealing with something as clear cut as player gets checked in the jaw breaks jaw, he's out with a broken jaw. No, it's not that. It's not Peyton Krebs. That, that's the only no. identical injury I can think of off the top of my head. Sure. But I want people to realize, if they will call in, that when you argue with Ryan, you don't get killed. You don't get buried. You have a nice discussion. Thank you again, yeah. Ryan, as I have so many times. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. And trust me, I understand the frustration. It would be great if in the National Hockey League there was an injury, you knew what the injury was, you knew what the timeline would be, and you had a something more clear-cut. But until that's mandated by the league and until that mandate is brought forth by sports betting, to, to, to say the least, I don't think you're ever going to get past the stage of upper body, lower body, and my favorite, mid-body. 
It's a mid-body injury. Covers a lot of bases there. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So, I'm going to be honest. This game through the first period felt very similar to the last game. Yep. And I was a little worried going into the second period. Hmm. But they put their foot on the gas and did exactly what I said. Like, whatever has already happened has happened, and they can only play the next shift that they're up for. And boy, did they. There were so many players that looked so good out there, one of which was Nick Waugh, who I sent in as my night to shine. Well, take a bow, Stephanie. You got it. You got it right. Absolutely. You, you know, let me tell you what I, let me tell you what I like about Waugh. Um, it was yesterday when Bruce Cassidy was talking about, you know, the levels, right, that you have to play at when, you know, you're, you're at full strength, you're a 650 or 675 points percentage team. And when those players start to come out of your lineup, you have to find ways to still be like a 600 point percentage team. And he pointed to the fourth line as last year being players that helped the Golden Knights through injury issues. And it's not surprising to me that with that information and that challenge out there, you got a phenomenal performance from Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar by extension. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. The fourth line has kind of always had that grinder identity, right? They were called the meat grinders, and and they did. And, I mean, one of Waugh's goals, Colasar almost had a goal, and it was like, oh, man, that was so close. And then, boom, Waugh got the goal. So, like, they weren't giving up on plays. They were going after those rebounds really hard. They were doing everything they needed to. And, you know, it's uh, we have so many people out right now, but the people that are coming up are filling in. And I wonder, you know, how many – I wonder how many players really pushed past where they should have to get to play in the Winter Classic. Mm. And, like, I'm not going to fault them for that. That's something that you might not have a chance to do again. Um but I'm just hoping that everybody that's out can rest up, get healthy, and come back at full at their full potential, right? Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Hill back, but I don't want him rushed back either. <laughs> Same yeah. with everybody else. Yeah, that's that's a great call, Stephanie. Thanks so much for that. And, you know, you bring up an interesting point, the Winter Classic. It, it is kind of a spectacle. It's the marquee event in the NHL season uh, outside of, you know, obviously a Stanley Cup final. Um, I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective if players were kind of pushing through just to get to that game, um, whereas they, they might have, you know, sat a couple of games or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I, I think your point's well taken in that you want guys to get back healthy and ready to go, ready to help this team win. But in order to do that, you have to have players step up. And I think tonight we saw that from the Golden Knights. Now the real challenge is doing it again and again and again. Schedule's not getting any easier for the Golden Knights. You've got Colorado in a back-to-back with Boston back here on Thursday night. Let's take a break. Come back with more phone calls next on the v- on the extended post-game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 5-2 to two the final. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Islanders. Vegas 23-12 and 5, 51 points on the year. Next in action, Wednesday night in Colorado against the Avalanche. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop, 6 o'clock pregame show. 
jump into some of your text messages right now. Again, you can hit us at the text line, 702-876-1340. Always open for your initial reactions to anything Vegas Golden Knights. Josh M. says, play D like that. Again and again, fantastic job by Cormier. First time out, looking forward to more. I agree. I thought Lucas Cormier was very good tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vanessa Peterson, much better showing. This is VGK hockey. I'd agree with that as well. Certainly the Golden Knights played better tonight for 60 minutes. It was closer to a 60-minute game for the Vegas Golden Knights, which is important. It it means something. You want to build. You want to get closer and closer and closer to that 60-minute effort. On Thursday against Florida, they had 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That's what they had. Special teams then became an issue. Not the case tonight, and the Golden Knights, I thought, got better and better as the game went on, as close to a 60-minute game as we have seen from the Golden Knights in quite some time. Will Metzger, good energy tonight. I'd agree with that. Uh, Wes Hag, hey, the team showed up. See the difference when they show up to play versus show up to skate around. Let's see if they can do it twice in a row before we get too excited, though. That seems a little pessimistic in my view. Now, listen, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I'll just say you have an opportunity there to, to lean into a, into a win, into a victory. I thought the Golden Knights did a pretty good job there. Bobby, what's the name on that call? All right, Matt, you're up. Uh, what, what's, what's going on? Yeah, um, I just want to say, like, I, I think that was probably one of the more complete games they've played, uh, at least in the last several games. Like, I know a caller recently said after the first period, like, she was feeling like it was kind of similar to the last game. I got to disagree. I think I think they were playing really well. I think even when it was tied one-to-one, I, I feel like I was feeling like they were about to play before it broke open. I feel like they were still playing very well, and it was just a matter of time. Like, it seemed like Stone was picking pockets all night. Yeah, Martin. Matt Stone, uh, Mark Stone was really, really good. Um, Matt, I, I agree with you. And just kind of the, the idea from that earlier call, the Golden Knights played a good first period against the Florida Panthers, right? Like pretty pretty much a similar first period to what we saw from them today. It's just when Vegas kind of got pushed back on in that game, you didn't see the usual resiliency that you see. And in this one, there were some moments, certainly, where the Islanders pushed back a little bit, and the Golden Knights handled it really well. The resiliency was back. It was where it needs to be. It's where we're used to seeing this team be. And and I thought, again, closer and closer and closer to a 60-minute effort. That's really what you want to see. Steven Huntsman back on the text line. This was a game we've needed to see out of Vegas. Five goals scored, power play clicked, penalty kill was good, and Thompson played his best game in weeks. Despite all the roster movement, this was very encouraging to see. Well, I'm glad that everyone's encouraged. That's good. It's a grind of a season. 82 games is a lot. The Golden Knights have already played 40 of those. 40 of them. Halfway through the season. And listen, when you're halfway through the year and you're just two points out of the Pacific Division lead, I think you're doing okay. I'm not going to sit here and say that the last eight to ten games have been good for the Golden Knights, but if you can get through it and find your game now, they're going to be just fine. Uh, and then Rita Holman, uh, having Keegan Colasar back on Nick Waugh's wing should not be undervalued. I agree. 
those two players, I think, really wanted to make a statement in this game tonight, and they certainly did. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-2 to two the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Islanders. Vegas improves to 23-12-5, and 51 points on the year. And it was a strong return to form for the Golden Knights. However, now the challenge is bringing the same intensity night in and night out and getting closer and closer to a 60-minute game. We'll see if they're able to do that Wednesday night in Colorado against the Avalanche. Thanks to James Davis down here, making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. Thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Wednesday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights post-game show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.